The Intermediate Line advises a language and concept warning for the entire show. The Intermediate Line is brought to you by nervouswater.com.au. Thomas and Thomas Fly Rods, Shilton Fly Reels and Cortland Fly Line. Power Pole, Total Boat Control. Ketterfly Apparel, from time on the water to you. Beast Brushes, we stay in our lane of experience to improve your experience. Bad, yeah. it was good. I don't know what's going on with it, dude. Microphones, they, they kind of scare me. There was a time that I um I met a microphone in a CD alley and it asked me for my money, and I've never really been the same since. Sorry, did you say Kirsty Alley? Kirsty Alley, yep, I yeah. did say Kirsty Alley. You've been there? No, I wouldn't go there. It's a, it's a, big, <laughs> it's a wide street, it's a very wide street, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. anyway, yeah, gross. Yeah. yeah. Um, All right, mate. I think we're ready to go. When you're ready, two, three, four. I'm wrong way. Sorry. Four, three, two, one. Welcome back, listeners, to another fantastic episode of the Intermediate Line. I'm your host, Volty, and my uh, my favourite storyteller here is uh, Hans Christian Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, First of all, my, 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 the question that hits me initially is, how do you know it's going to be fantastic? It's almost like it's pre-recorded. Well, it is. They're, they're always fantastic. I'm particularly proud of all of them. They're like my kids, you know? Oh, wonderful, yeah. yeah. yeah Even yeah. the fly line special, you know? Even the fly <laughs> special, mate. <laughs> it might be the one that gets the least allowance, but I love it all the same. <laughs> That's right. It was awkward coming out and stayed that way. <laughs> it was a breach. It was a breach podcast, but we got there. <laughs> All right, let's unravel the umbilical cord and get going with this one then. So, um, any feedback from the last show, mate? Uh, yeah, actually, a lot of well, not a lot of feedback, some, but some feedback, and, and actually, a few questions come out of it too. Um, right, like what? Uh, well, people were asking what do you um, wanted some more details on uh, lubing their their um, their drag washer there. Um, okay. So, yeah, lubricating their drag full stop. Yeah. So okay. Yeah. So, so if I summarise the the the, um, the extent of these questions, it would be more questions in regards to lubrication of the drag. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Different I, styles of drags and how you treated each one. 
Yeah. Yeah, we we really didn't touch a lot on it, I suppose. And I guess um, I had some people ask about bearings and stuff like that as well. Um, yep. Yeah. So I guess we could quickly do this before we get our guest on. Um, yeah. Okay. Right. I um, after after we did that episode, I we you know we did it. We got oh shit. What are we going to use for a photo for this thing? And I, and I remember telling you that I've got to pull my reel down. So that photo that I took for the thing is uh, is me actually stripping my shit down. Cleaning your reels out. Yeah, stripping my shit down. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. Which it much it needed to do big time because I'd been in the salt and had been underwater a couple of times. So, um, yeah. Uh, I don't know where to go with this because I do something different to the to the manufacturer's specification. And I guess i got to offer a caveat in that, in that regard. Okay. Sure. Uh, so... With the Shiltons, they're cork drags, and I'm sure it wouldn't be much of a secret to, to know that I lean towards cork drags as a preference, and man, the, the Shiltons are top-notch in that respect. Uh, every cork drag reel I've owned, geez, except for except for the T-Wars, has specified Neats feed oil on their drag. Does that is that about right to you, Volts? Do you, do you think that's pretty accurate? T-Wars is the only, one, only cork drag reel I can think of that doesn't specify um, you know, feet of the Neat. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, um, uh, I mean, yeah, well, the ones I'm familiar with, Shilton, Tibor, Aiden, um, Syncrotech. I'm not familiar with those. I, I just stuck with good shit, but yeah, they're, um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, that sounded nasty. Let me put another one. Yeah. Uh, I, I like only started 24 no, I don't like ago. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm um, I'm sub seventy, and uh, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so yeah, that's that's. So I um, I I strip. I guess there's a big big thing to put about stripping the thing down. So I stripped my um, I stripped my cork drag down, um, to replace it, with yep. lubricant with um, with cow's grease, which is by far my most preferred way to do it. Cow's grease, I like it because it can go everywhere if it needs to. There's no risk of contamination. That's why I like it. Uh, you can't get if you're going to grease up or oil your bearings and stuff. You can't. You, I mean, you can't get bearing oil on on it either. But I mean, you can't. Neat speed oil and bearing oil is probably not a real good match. It's just le- It's just less less. What am I trying to say here? Less risk of um, contamination. Cross contamination. Yeah, and it lasts because I'm I'm not a real maintenance lord, you know. So I um I find that if I pull my reels down once once a year or even let it go for t- two years, there's not a lot of problems with the cork drag. Whereas I I have found, and again this is touchy ground because you know we don't want to go against the manufacturer's specifications, and I'm not. This is just what I do. Uh, in recommendations, I should say, is that I find that the um the drags the drag the corks always really black. From 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 um, neat, feet of the neat, you know. Really, that's what I've always found. It's just this is really black, you know. And I, I wonder, like I said in the last show, I wonder if the oils go potentially. Wonder if they potentially go rancid, you know. Okay. After that time, I don't know. I'm not a uh, oilologist. <laughs> An oilologist. Yeah, yeah. Quite. Yeah, cool. I, I haven't studied corkathology or anything like that, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're not a lubrication engineer no no, no absolutely mate absolutely uh-huh, uh-huh. so that's what i do that's why so when i strip it down i use um i use 
electrical parts and contact cleaner, uh, oh. which is just shellite. You don't use acetone. Acetone's too brutal for cork. Um, shellite, white spirit. What do you, do you use anything like that? I actually, I, I always use white. Well, I always knew it as white spirit too. Um, you don't need much, hey. But yeah, I was I was under the impression acetone could could cause um, some of the the adhesives in in uh, compressed cork drags to maybe degrade a little bit and lead to you know premature aging. So um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe it's a it's a it's a I don't know if it's synthetic or it's an, a natural. Based, but I believe those glues that are used are latex based. Right, that'd be natural. Yeah. Well, you can get synthetic latex. We used to use it in our cementitious plasters sometimes. But uh, um, uh, did you ever yeah. wear it? No, you well, you could paint it on. I guess it could dry. Um, it's more of something that would happen to an apprentice than a tradesman, I guess. But uh, um, <laughs> <laughs> glaze the apprentice, I believe it was called. Um, <laughs> 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 like a glazed donut, like a yeah. Well, let's not go there, but um, crispy cream. <laughs> just a just a glazed apprentice, and I think um, you know, we just leave it to the listeners to to further that discussion in their mind, but um, not not to be confused with soggy apprentice. All right. Uh, okay. Yep. Yep. Uh, yep. <laughs> that's when you push them in the river. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's right. Throw them yeah. in the water. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, just uh, I, break some breaks, break and part, break and part cleaner. It does the same thing. You just got to make sure it's not acetone, but a white spirit shellite. Um, there's another one I can't remember what it is, but shellite's a good one to look for. Just a white spirit. Yep, white, uh, white spirit, nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, uh, anyway, so yeah, that's what I do. Rub it down, um, put some, uh, take it all off, put some cow's grease on, smear it on, and then I use a um, another towel and I take it off as best i can so it's just a, a dressing not not a coating you know, I know what you mean. yeah yep. yeah 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 so that's that's what i do but um is that what you do or something similar yeah actually it's funny you mentioned i had a had a mate come over on the weekend he bought a secondhand um uh t-ball and he um and he uh the one he purchased had was set up for left hand wide and we said um he wanted reverse so we sat down and uh, we started doing that. But as part of that, we we pulled it, um, stripped it down, and inspected drag. And um, I don't, well, you know, it's irrelevant if this was how it left the factory or not, because it, it had plenty of it had plenty of a T-ball grease on it. Which I'm I'm just guessing here, but I think it's a a T-ball style, uh, sorry, a cow type grease. But it's got uh, looks looks to have um, sort of like graphite powder maybe through it, mm. like that. Yeah. So it's like similar consistency, but dark like black great dark mm. gray. yeah and um anyway um yeah so we it's funny you should mention that because we pulled it like we i used a paper towel i didn't have any shellite handy um but i don't think it mattered too much in this case i just sort of wiped it as much excess off as i could and then um and uh, the surface you'll never wipe it all off the surface was still quite quite greasy um mm. And, you know, this stuff had gone, I won't say hard, but um, the drag performance improved afterwards in terms of there was no startup inertia. And I think, I think you know, when there's an excess of grease and, and it hasn't been cleaned for a while, you know, sometimes that can be a little bit, feel a little bit grabby. Yeah, so, I know, agree. Yeah, just keeping it clean is, uh, is always good advice. Clean your gear, it won't let you down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I go to the bearings, a bit of a touch-up while I was there yeah. as well. Um, yeah. I just used um, 
I just used uh, like three in one oil, like or uh, Singer sewing oil, machine oil, stuff like yeah. that. Um, just a couple of drops in in the bearings. Um, I like to um, I like to really douse it and just sort of sit, let it sort of soak as best it can, sort of penetrate as best it can. Yeah. I know those bearings should be waterproof anyway. Um, I'm guessing. I can't really see in any way to sort of um, to remove them unless it, like you know you re- they're pressed in. It'd be pretty brutal to remove them out, I guess. But yeah, I've never had to do that anyway. Uh, I always uh, grease the center pin on all those re- on those style reels as well. After just to uh, not yeah. douse it in it, but just just coat it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I noticed really it. Sorry, yeah. it's a really good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime you know, I bought secondhand. I'm pretty confident with buying secondhand um, yeah, cork drags if I have to. I bought one off a guy once, um, an Able, and the listing said the drag doesn't work. Um, so I sent him a message, and I'm like, what does that mean? What's wrong with it? And he goes, I don't know. So can you pull it apart? Check it out. And um, pull it apart, and it was just caked in grease, like oil or something. Like it was just, it was like a, a, a raised edge around the, um, the cork drag plate from just grease, you know? So the dude had lubricated it up way too much. How it got there, I don't know. Whether it was grease, a grease shaft or the center pin or what have you, or someone just gone, oh, cow's grease, I'll just grab the buttering knife. I don't know. But um, took it back with shellite. And the, the, the cork, you couldn't even tell it was cork. It was just a black disc there. Did it with shellite and a paper towel, like you're saying there. Um, and I brought it back to like like a, like a handle of a, of a fly rod. Came back really, really, really well. And that's just that... Um, electrical contact cleaner with the adhesive uh sorry electrical parts and contact cleaner the uh, aerosol can i should say oh okay okay so that works on cork uh handles as well grips does it? no no it, well it probably does but this is it's just what it does it just it just thins out any grease and oil and stuff and and you can blot it up what becomes it thins it out and you can blot it up with a paper towel or a towel you know with you if you want to i'll tell you what if you want to clean your cork handle and your rod um, di- like morning fresh dishwashing detergent and a and a like a towel like a flannel or a beach towel comes up brand new. Yeah, right. I'm telling you, man, I've, I've I've done it before. Very rarely clean my rods, but they'll get sometimes like you know you got sunscreen on your hands and stuff like that. And eventually, it just builds up. Yeah. But um, I just bring it back with detergent. They come up. They clean up really well. Okay, that's handy to know because um, I go heavy on the sun sun cream, and um, I think what pays for it is my rod grip, say. So. Yeah, I make a very big effort to get as much as I can off my uh, the palms of my hand, but you know, invariably it it makes its way there, and yeah, 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 exactly. Well, you know, like um, the the best thing for a five piece is cleaning the grip bolts. <laughs> <laughs> recently, I, I hear that recently you've become it skipped I skipped over it in the last podcast, but oh. I've learned that recently you became the owner of a new five piece rod, right? Yeah, yeah. Look, I'm not embarrassed. Oh, yeah, well, I'm a little embarrassed about it, but um, so it happened on a weekend. I was fishing for tuna. Um, I sort of got around. We were talking about sharks, and it, the whole thing was wrapped up in that conversation about the sharks uh, hanging out under the boat. And um, anyway, it was playing this small to medium sized Mac tuna, and um, and Kyle goes, "Oh, you know, someone's just appeared on a TV, which is you know what we call it. The sounder. There was um, ten meters down. There's a there's a big arch. And we're like, oh shit, okay." But this fight was getting close to the end, and suddenly the big arch sort of made its way up to about five meters. And this tuna looked a bit, I looked a bit spent. I thought, what a chance of landing this thing. And um, yeah, right on cue, this tuna's up near the top. You know, the 
there wasn't any Jaws music playing, but suddenly this big grey sort of six, seven foot bully just hanging around. I thought, this, this guy's a bit slow, you know, we hadn't we hadn't seen him yet uh, till this moment, so maybe he's not amped up. Hadn't been any other boats in the area, so, you know, he probably, I thought we were a chance. Anyway, and this tuna, um, I'm up the bow and um, Kyle's down the stern and, um, you know, as you should be, land, land and fish, go to the opposite end of the boat, steer it up to him. Yeah, Dustin. Play, play, play this thing up and uh, pops up near the stern and um, Bully just goes nuts. Anyway, he um, comes cruising it hard on this fish and the the, the Mac tuna, but he dives under the boat and um, and the Bully gets excited and hits the bloody, um, hits the, uh, well, we felt a big jolt down there. Um, anyway, me and Kyle went, oh, fuck, you know, and I've, um, I've sort of thought, I'm a chance of land, and this thing popped up near the near the bow, and I'm like, I sort of pulled back on it, it reefed, and I thought, oh shit, no matter what happens, like this thing, whatever happens is going to happen fast. Like it was a rare moment of clarity for me, mm. um, and I thought, oh, I've got a chance of land this thing, and I keep the rod low, no matter what happens, you know. If it's, I'd rather just pop the pop the leader than you know pop a rod. Anyway, this thing pops up right right under the bow, and I like sort of I tried to take the slack out of the system so you know keep it keep the fish up and anyway my rod ended up perfectly vertical and this angry bully just went hyperdrive breathed in this um this mac tuna like pinned it against the hull breathed it in and 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 just took off and you know there was a, a crack and a you know there's a bit of a, a jolt to the side of the boat and that's it man you know and me and kyle are looking oh shit that was awesome and then i looked up and the rod's broken mm. yeah just uh, you know that's the price for admission sometimes and um, yeah, that it was pretty pretty exciting, but disappointing at the same time. And um, yeah, <laughs> so back back to uh, back to the manufacturer for that one. Um, so yeah, pretty frustrating. Uh, but yeah, it's sort of like National Geographic shit out on the bay. It's good. Yeah, yeah. I'm um, I'm torn with that stuff, man. I I really like seeing that stuff happen outside, but yeah, you know, not when it's not when it's the only fish of the day. You know, if you're picking out on fish and it happens, it's like whoa, look at that. Um, but yeah. anyway, it's not cool to lose a rod as well as a fish. Yeah. Starts to get a bit crazy too. Hey, like, yeah. you know, if you weren't tying your own flies, you know, you could be down to candy or two, depending on where mm. you get 10, 15 bucks, you know, you know, a rod breakage or some leaders, whatever. It could turn into a real expensive day. Well, that was the other thing. We're, um, we're moving off and Kyle goes, hey, mate, your sound is fucked. I said, what? I said, what? <laughs> Red, yeah. 4.8 metres and the sound, uh, the side image sort of like, you know, looked really, really cactus. And yeah. um, then I hang on a moment that it touched the boat, didn't it? Like it's a bit of a jolt. He goes, "Yeah, it was up twice." And I was like, "Yeah, okay." So, anyways, I um, we there's no way we were um, oh, the shark was hanging around too. So, you know, every now and again you'd see it cruise, uh, cruise, you know, into visibility, and it was always in the sounders. But I used um, used the, the landing net handle to um, to push to prod it, prod the uh, transducer back down. So I knocked it back down. There's mm. a couple. Of, couple of funny looking gouges in it too but not not from they're not from his teeth i don't know what it's from but yeah it certainly certainly got pinned could have been a remora with a knife it could have been hey it could have yep. been one of them one of them deadly ninja type remoras that that come around every now and again they just yep. threw bad boys in the bad the bad hood and the, they, um, the other thing it could be volts just just a that? thought is you know how you don't like to get your tires wet? I know most people don't like to get their rims wet. But you like to get your when you bring your um, boat back onto the trailer. Uh, 
that noise, that and it's usually when it's dragging across the um, concrete. Do you think that could have done it? <laughs> I know you're doing this for comedic effect because that's. What I mean. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no. Well, yeah. He doesn't have a sand actually. Yeah, there's circular, um, there's circular marks. Like it's like something bit it and turned. But yeah. Oh yeah. Anyways, um, yeah, lamprey. Yes, lamprey. Yeah. Well, you know, one of those uh, hair tails that hang out in the Mooloola River. One of them. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. You never seen one of them, have you? No, man. Uh, not not my style. Uh, this you... this might be the year, mate. I could take you on a hair tail tour. Now, I want you to be prepared, though. Yeah. Got big teeth. Ooh, ooh. What does that mean? Like that the type of teeth that will sever your line, bite off your flies? Do they eat flies? What's a good they eat, they love flies. They're very aggressive. Right, right. They have and very what are they? Heads. As yeah. Well. What type of flies they like? Uh, Jewfish flies. <laughs> Anything that you would chuck into a, uh, a a place where you expect to see Jewfish uh, could, and you you could end up with a hair tail. Be interested to see if they're back this year. That's um that's an unusual species to show up in that in that place. I believe there's some around the Brisbane River and all that sort of stuff as well. But I don't know, time will tell. But like I said in the last one, I think I'm getting too old to fish all night anyway. Yeah, yeah, that um. That could be happening, man. You know, you're of that vintage these days. You know. Yeah, man. Yep. Yeah. Well, you know, it's uh, it's tough. It's tough. But your life could be measured in, um, you know, how some people say. Syncretex. You know, yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, you get a generational thing. Well, you're syncretectional, whatever that is. That's yeah. a very good, mate. Uh, just to the listeners know, like I put out last one, you're only a couple of years younger than me, so let's just let's just calm down, you know, <laughs> let, relax a bit there. <laughs> um, I, I defer to your extra decade, you know. <laughs> if people think that you are um, a 38, they're fools. <laughs> Damn fools. All right, hey, we've got a pretty good guest on tonight, and it's a guest we've been anticipating for a long time, and it's been been hard to make time on both parties for him to get him on. And yeah. I'm personally, and I know you are as well, wrapped to have him on, mate. And um, do you want to let listeners know who we've got on? Yeah, mate, we've got Rory from Tropical Sport Fishing up there in Cairns. Uh, Rory, is uh, he's, a, he's got a great fishery. He loves um, – he's broadly skilled. I love, I love fishermen who uh, – fly fishermen, and particularly guides, who are, um, uh, what do you say, cross-faculty. You know, they've got those transferable skills. And, um, and Rory clearly can do it all. He's got a really cool – uh, Insta page up there. You can see he's got a lot happening. He's lived up there a long time. We're going to find out a lot more about him. What uh, you're saying is he can sing and he can dance, right? <laughs> he's all singing, all dancing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, okay, we're running a bit late, and if you listen back to this, Rory, I just want to let you know at this stage that it's Volta you is running late, and I was on time, and um, and uh, I've been trying to talk him into getting faster and faster through his stories for many, many uh, years now, I guess you could say. And it doesn't seem to be sort of um, latching on. So on behalf of myself and the other staff, besides Volsey, the Intermediate Line podcast, Rory, I apologise. But we're about to get you on, buddy. Hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back, folks, to the interview portion of the Intermediate Line podcast, and we are joined at the moment with the great and powerful Rory Brooks. How are you, Rory? Good, thanks, Chris. How are you, mate? 
I'm good, mate. Did you expect such a, a uh, extravagant introduction as that when you came on the show? Yeah, that was, uh, I think, that's one of the best yet. Thank you, <laughs> thank you. Did you hear that, Volts? I did, mate. That was an ultimate compliment from Rory. He's um, he knows his shit, and uh, if anybody has has uh, is in a position to say that was uh, one of the best yet, it's Rory. I appreciate his input. Thanks, Rory, and welcome to the show, mate. How you going, Volty? Yeah, I'm good, thanks, dude. <coughs> Excuse good. me, sorry, guys. Excuse me, Excuse my coughing. Go again. It's, it's so good, so good to have you on the show, mate. Um, how's business? What have you been up to? Been, uh, yeah, business is good. Eh? It's um, yeah, super busy. It's a bit, bit of a tricky time of year with the wet season. No, I mean, it was meant to be at the tail end, but we're, we're copping some crazy rain at the moment, like the last few days. Um, but, yeah, super busy. We're doing about to leave on a mothership trip in uh, on Sunday, actually. We go up the Cape for two weeks. And, yeah, and currently I'm down at Mission Beach on a three-day charter. Mm. Um, barra fishing charter it was meant, meant to be a bit of a bit of a mix, but we're restricted to the river. Yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah, business is good. Yeah. Yeah. F- fishing's been good this year. Um, yeah, look, you know, we've had, we haven't had as much good calm weather, um, as, as previous summers, but, uh, the last few weeks have been really good. So yeah. Rory, before uh, we get wildly ahead of ourselves into this um, podcast with a range of questions that we've got prepared, let's ask listeners to play along at home. And um, do you want to tell us where they can find you on social media so they can see um, the, the you know some of your pages or your page? Yep. Um, what am I? It's just Tropical Sport Fisher on Instagram. Yep. And on Facebook as well. Yep. Um, Beautiful. Yeah. Probably not as... Not as active on there as I should be, but but uh, yeah, it's yeah. always quality should, content, should, dude. Should uh should ramp it up? Yeah, I, I really enjoy photography, especially fishing photography. Yeah, um, you know, ha- happy to sort of sit back with a camera. So you know, obviously good for marketing, being able to take nice photos and yeah, I, and I, uh, create I agree. good memories. Yeah, well, I think yep. it's um it sets you know we'll probably circle back to photography later on, but. Uh, because something I'd like to talk to you about, because um, it really sets a mood and a and a and a feeling for what you know what you offer. I guess you could say, in addition to you know recording what fish get caught and the places you go. So it's uh it is really impressive. And if you if you're listening to this and you're heading over to that page right now, you'll see exactly what we're talking about. And I really really recommend as we get into this show, if you're listening to this, to maybe have a bit of a skim while you're listening to it right now. It's um. It's a very impressive, visually impressive page, that's for sure. Mate, it's a it's a visual extravaganza. It's a smorgasbord. I'm looking at it now. Extravaganza, uh, smorgasbord. God damn it, Rory, you're getting the royal treatment here, man. That's that was some big adjectives. I've never heard him say that before. There's tailing, there's wading anglers, there's like cruising permit. Oh, there's an ad for some underwear that might be my algorithm. Um, so, <laughs> Yeah, mate, you're in a roof, mate. You do. You seem to do it all, mate. You seem to be all over that, uh, over that tropical area. Where are you based? I'm, uh, I live in Cairns, yep. and, uh, and yeah, basically do, do day trips out of Cairns. Um, yeah, for day trips, we'll travel, you know, up to an hour and a half south or, or north. Um, yeah, pretty much for the day trips, we, you know, just work to conditions on the day. You know, pretty tailored. You know, people want to. I mean, always really honest with the clients. You know, 
if people want to do a certain thing and they can't do it, you'll always just choose the next best option. We've got heaps of options up here. We've got, you know, Jungle Perch and Sooty Grunter if, it's, if the uh, weather's really bad and the weather's good. We've got amazing flats. Um, yeah, got yeah, heaps of options. Do some heli, heli trips as well. Um, and and obviously the mothership trips with Aruna. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a small for the the tropics up here, especially when the weather the, when the weather's nice. Um, so you're all right, mate. Apologise, I shouldn't didn't realise you were finished. Weren't finished. So keep going, please. Yeah, no, just saying. Uh, there's heaps to do up here. Um, you know, it's it's not it's not weeper or. Um, you know, like it's not a remote destination, Cairns, but it does have some great, really good fishing on offer. Um, yeah, it, it, it really, uh, you guys get to get up here and check it out. Oh, yeah, yeah, mate. I mean, you'd have to be um, living under a rock to not to not realise that, um, you know, the area that you're operating or basing out of Cairns and, and the stretch to those distances that you just mentioned for uh, day trips and stuff is some of the best, the best waterways and best fishing in the country it has to offer um mate yeah okay yeah i'm sure people if they're if they're looking at your page or they know of you like they they can see what you have on offer there um and i guess um you know i i wanted to sort of ask a bit more in regards to you know do you are you mainly offering uh, you said your tailor packages but is most of your clientele but in between heli trips and motherships day trips or, or, or just a couple of day trips and things like that Mostly day trips. Um, yes, I, I even do half days, full half days, and then a few times a year we'll we'll do mothership trips, and then at the end of the year we'll run a couple of heli trips. You know, as much as we can, as as much as I can take, really. Um, in mm-hmm. the mothership trips, I'll I'll get another guide or or another two guides involved. Um, and yeah, I mean. They're the, they're the really fun trips, you know, the heli trips and the mothership trips that I that I want to do more, more of and and, uh, and and promote, I guess. But, um, yeah, the, the, just being in those remote locations with a fly rod, you know, walking walking a remote river or wading a flat out on the out on the reef is is pretty special. Yeah, um, you know, they're they're pretty they're they're pretty pricey trips, you know, they're not in everyone's budget, mm. um, and you know. When the weather's kind and uh, the day with the day trips, you know we've been experienced just as good a fishing as as if we were offshore. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, the, the heli trips are cool. We um we fly up a remote gorge and get dropped um, with enough camp here for three days and set up a base camp and then hike up and down the river, uh, chasing trees and barra, um, even just flying in a chopper. Is a uh, is is just a rush in itself, and then yep. uh, you know when the chopper flies away and you you're sitting there, and you got your you got your fishing gear and yeah it's uh it's it's pretty cool, and then the yeah. luxury trips, you know you got you got someone handing you beers at the end of the day on the flats and and a beautiful meal from a chef, it's um it's pretty special, but like anything you know you can't pick the weather so. Um, got to have a good team to make the trip special, yeah, no matter the condition. Bro, well, we're gonna we're gonna talk. We want to talk about the um, the motherships and the heli fishing uh, in a bit more, you know, a lot of detail a little bit later on. Um, 
Um, so yeah, look, I mean, we don't, I don't mean to cut. Well, not intending to cut you off because there's a lot that we want to talk about in regards to that. Um, um, but we've, we've just um, we want to bring it in with some other stuff we want to ask you about as well. Um, but you said there that you uh, you know you you work with a team. Have you? Um, is there other local guides there that you work with, or are there people that you, like uh, other guys from other parts of the country that you um, that you bring in? Um, I'm this novice tip uh, that we leave on the weekend. I've got uh, Eugene Pawlowski. Oh yeah, from West over in West Oz. Yeah, he's a bloody legend. I've had lots of uh, I haven't met him in person, but yeah, lots of phone calls, and yeah, excited to work with him. He's he's actually got a group of. Uh, of his clients from America, so it's basically a hosted trip uh, with his group. Should be fun. Then I've got my little brother, who's uh, who guided with us with me last year. Yep. Um, and he's uh, he he loves it. You know, he really loved it, but he told me at the end of the year it just wasn't for him. Um, you know, big days guiding. You know, you up early. You you know, you just. It's a pressure cooker all day, especially if the conditions are tough. We know mm. with the conventional fish or fly fishing, um, and yeah, he just he just sort of said, "Look, this isn't for me." But he's st- he's still filling a trip here and there if I really need him. Um, he's he's pretty flexible. Yeah. yeah otherwise, you know, the chopper pilot that I use, um, and then the the Aruna team, um, who I know really well. Um, yeah. But otherwise, man, it's boys. It's just basically me, and uh, that's why it's hard to yeah, manage emails and social media and, and be on the water quite a few days in a week. Like, and have a two-year-old baby. It's uh, yeah, yeah, full on. It's a lot of hard work. Yeah, yeah, mate. Yeah. So it's, it's all right. Sorry, sorry, mate. Here you go. Yeah, uh, like. Yeah, it's just the life of uh, guiding, hey. It's um, yeah, I really enjoy it. I love spending heaps of time on the water. Um, yeah, obviously you have your, your good. Um, yeah, it's it's not definitely not for everyone, you know. I, I used to be a tradie. I used to be a carpenter, and uh, I look back at that all the time. I'm like, fuck that. That was the easy life, you know. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I could step back in quite easily, but. I wouldn't be on the water as much, so. But yeah, yeah. I, I like like what I what I sell, you know. Like I'm, I'm passionate about it, and you know, love love showing people the tropics, you know. Yeah. Um. So, and seeing people, you know, even if you don't even catch a fish for the day, you know, people just really appreciate the environment. And, oh man. And uh, it's, yeah. it's a rewarding, rewarding job. I. I love the wet tropics, mate, and I've been fortunate to fish up there a few times. I've actually um, used to go up there for work a fair bit. That, that sort of tailed off, but it was sort of place where you always enjoyed just being there, um, and uh, you know, just just a magnificent uh, landscape and and place. And um, but you know, you've um, you sort of hit landed on your feet, I guess, living up there. Did did you grow up in the area, mate, or what? I did, yeah. I grew up in Gordonville. Just, I was actually born in Darwin. Yeah. Remember that, but then you grew up in basically just south of Cairns. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's yeah, and I really couldn't imagine anywhere else. Um, that's on the Mulgrave like River, there, isn't it? The Gordonville. Yeah. Yep. That's right. 
Yeah. So, yeah, growing yes. up, we were down the river every afternoon after school on our push bikes, you know, with fishing rods and, yeah, uh, yeah, beautiful part of the world. Is that um, Gordonvale is basically, is that on the upper tidal reaches or is it freshwater there? Yeah, it's freshwater there, yep. The tide doesn't doesn't quite get up that far. Um, yeah, the tide probably pushes up about, you know, fluctuates probably about uh, six or seven k's up the river. But yep. Gordonvale's 30 k's up. Right. Um, so it's fresh. Still get barra up there and jacks. Salties. Um, uh, yeah, well, you know, growing up, you know, we used to swim and, you know, swim at night, camp down the river. Like It was just the, what we did on the weekends, you know, and, and now the crocs have moved, far, you know, all, all the way up into these places that we used to swim and there's croc signs everywhere. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, you know, I, I drive over one of the bridges just, you know, a few times a week where we used to go go after school and, you just don't see any kids down there at all anymore. I, I don't know what they're doing, but uh, yeah, interesting. Be fifty or sixty down there on afternoon. I was a kid, and yeah, I don't know what they're doing on the internet. Yeah, yeah they're, <laughs> they're gaming, doing their Instagrams or their TikToks, mate. You know. Yes, yeah. But uh, no, it's, it's so cool, and that's just one of the rivers. You know, that's not far down the road. There's, uh, there's so many different options, and, and it, you know, it's not untouched, but as far as fishing goes, there's uh, certainly no one uh, guiding on those a lot of those rivers, the upper reaches uh, in the fresh. So, yeah, you can have, have some pretty good fishing. Could you do that on boat, or is that on foot, that stuff? Uh, like my backcountry, do I call it backcountry, you know, walking wade, jungle birch and sooty fishing? Yeah. Um, but I, I actually recently just acquired, uh, got a drift boat, like an inflatable raft. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. Like um, down south. Yep. And uh, yeah, I, I've, I've probably had it for six months now, and I've, I've done one little drift in it, and you know, it's something I want to put on the menu for this year. Um, that would be really interesting. And um, I just don't have the time to, you know, figure out my exact um the exact tour i'll run with it you know it's a bit of logistics needing someone to pick you up at the other end and getting mm. back to the car yeah. yeah when i get a when i get a few spare days i'll, I'll um you know, i know where i want to run the trips um i need to go out and you know take some photos and yeah you know, those rafts are amazing the, the little fish i did do in it um you know, it's amazing how, how quiet and stealthy, stealthy they are floating down those rivers. Ed, um, can I ask how they go on JPs? Like, normally you'd be fishing upstream for them, wouldn't you? Or is it, is it on yeah. a big you can do both? The, 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 when I did use it, we were fishing conventional. Um, yep. it, it really it worked fine, hey? Um, yeah, we, we caught like two or three JPs and a bunch of sooties in, in a really small stretch. Um, yeah, but I, it's definitely something I need to figure out more, you know, um, exactly how it would work and and also making sure I don't drift into areas where there's, you know, big crocs. So, yeah, I, I don't want to, you know, start selling trips until I know that it's a good, it's a good product, a safe oh, product. 
I think you're yeah. going to get people who aren't don't live in croc areas are going to think inflatable boat crocs and just start minds start wandering both way. But you know, it's I'm I'm guessing it's not exactly a, a water balloon that's floating. You know, like they're pretty sturdy boats, the drift boats, right? They are. Yeah, they're, they're they're bloody. It's it's pretty big. It's like four meters long and quite high sided. But yeah, and yeah, most of the crocs that move up into those areas are quite small. But I don't, I don't plan to be drifting past crocs by any means. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll definitely figure that out. And that's something I'd love to have another guide um, running for me, you know, so I can run my boat and I can have a guide doing that. You know, that, that's sort of the the, uh, the future anyway that I plan, you know, having a couple of boats on the water. Yeah. But, uh, be cool. Do you get the flow or, like, is it an all-year-round thing, like the float boat? Do you think it... Like, if you had another guide who did nothing but that, is it sort of a an all-year-round thing? I mean, it's monsoon, I suppose. You can't really do it in, like, raging water, I suppose. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of answering my question as I'm going, I guess. But uh, let's say, is it is it is it a small part of the year, then, that you would do it? Yeah, definitely. Like, yeah, through the monsoon season, which is, you know, we're meant to be at the tail end of it now. The rivers are generally, you know, they fluctuate up and down, uh, you know, quite quite quickly, but mm. they drop quite, and the fishing's good when they just drop and they're, and, and they're clean again. Yeah. Um, but also dangerous rapids, um, and, you know, it's always good to have a fallback option for people. Yep. Um, you know, like if people want to go try to catch a GT or, you know, do something, you know, I'm always, you know, whenever I respond to an inquiry, I say, look, we can't do that on the day. Are you happy to do this? Um, so, yeah, if, mm. if the drift, yeah, it'll, it'll definitely be a seasonal thing. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, Rory, I've got an interesting question, mate. So as a young kid in, in Gordy Vale, mate, how did you um, get exposed to fly fishing? And I, um, I went to an all-boys school in the city, and uh, there was a, Bloke, what's his name? Darren Leskowitz. I don't know, you might have known him through the fly tying game. No, so it was like, yeah. He, he was self What's that? What was the guy's name? Sorry, it went fuzzy there. Leskowitz. I've never what? actually told him he got me into fly fishing. <laughs> yeah, he, he used to tie flies and sell them through the local tackle shop. And uh, he bought fly rods to school and, you know, we're all casting them and. Oh, it was unreal. Pretty, we um we had like marine studies in like year nine and ten. Yeah, and uh, we go down to the marina and get, jump in the high boat to go fishing for for one of the one of the. So, oh, your marine studies teacher was way cooler than mine. That's for sure. <laughs> and, yeah, so got into fly fishing then. Oh, you know, I'm yeah, I'm I'm not an amazing fly angler by any means, but uh, and you know. Got into it then and definitely didn't, you know, haven't fished flat out fly. Um, you know, had a big break, and I suppose in the last, you know, six years or so, I've gotten right into it. And, uh, you know, when I get a day to go fishing by myself with a mate, which isn't very often, um, you know, I'd uh, rather have a fly rod in my hand than anything else, that's for sure. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, some of the things you must see, it would it would seem like a shame not to have a, a fly rod there. I'd imagine. 
Does it feel like that now to you with fly fishing? Like, you know, would you rather be in that position with some of the stuff you see with a fly rod than conventional? Yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, it can be torturous, you know, with a glamour weather day, um, you know, knowing you could be out on the flats, you know, chasing permit and GTs uh, and, you, and you're stuck way up the river. Um, but, yeah, the fishing's still good then uh, up the river, but, yeah, you, it's definitely uh, one of those, yeah, probably one of the hardest things about guiding is, what you know, not not being the guy with the rod in your hand as well. Yeah, um, well, I mean, it's a common saying for guys to talk about fishing vicariously through their client. And do you, do you see yourself like that as well? Yeah, like, yeah. You, you, yeah, yeah. I, I take a lot of values. And, I don't know if it's just my, my market or, or what it is, but I get a lot of my fly clients seem to be first-time saltwater fly fishers. You know, they oh, might yeah. be on holiday cans for the week and um you know they'll they would trout fish and they want to go saltwater fly fishing um and you know you, you don't really want to get those people out on the flats if they can't if they can't haul you know if they can't lay out a big cast it's you know yeah you, you know you end up sort of cruising around the estuaries throwing clouses around for for little gts and you know try try show them some sight fishing and some some rolling tarp on which is, um, it's, uh, yeah, it, it, they love it, you know? Like, oh, it'd be an island, wouldn't it? Fly anglers, really experienced ones, and, you know, you, you, you hope you get some nice weather for those guys because, you know, the flat fishing's pretty crazy mm. uh, when the weather aligns. That's the other thing I hear guys talk about. You get people, you get a good angler on the boat, you never get good weather. Man, absolutely. Yeah. Every now and then, <laughs> long, um, it, it's good when it does. But it, you know, even, even the guys that are new to, you know, they've never saw what a fly fish. You know, just um, it, it can be definitely be frustrating. Like I'm, in my, uh, you know, when I reply to people that um, who make an inquiry, I always say, you know, I really recommend, you know, really practicing with an eight weight, um, maybe getting a casting lesson, even if it's, you know, even if we're just fishing the river and in the estuary. Um, just being able to lay out a bigger cast gives you so much more uh, fishing opportunity. Absolutely. And, and I, I, you know, snag bashing all day um, is is like it's an alien thing to um, a trout angler. You know, like um, just snag blind fishing. I'd much prefer to go find a little bait ball or a little pressure point and um, just get them get their rod bending. You know, get them. Get them to feel a fish that, that really fights, and mm. yeah, yeah. They, they, you know, it's amazing how much they love it. You know, like they're just they're blown away by it, and you know, we sort of take it for granted. Um, those little those those little opportunities with these small fish in the in the rivers, like yeah, you know. But, we joke around about it a lot, you know, on here in regards to you know the approach to trout on fly or that that type of fisherman is you know knows no different other than that because of where they live which is fair enough to come up and then fish for uh you know saltwater species uh you know it's, it's almost like two different anglers so you know like what you're talking about about suggesting that they learn to cast an eight weight uh and you know perhaps get a casting lesson 
like the gear's going to be different, the fishing's going to be different. It's a good way to probably to let clients know to treat it like it's a different sport that they're probably more familiar with than they, than they realise, but not to think that they would walk into it. Do you know what I mean? Is that is that a good way to sort of express this to punters? Yeah. Sure. And yeah, you know, you're upskilling now. You never you can't go wrong with learning something new and something that you love doing. Yeah. And uh, you know, if they're from Brisbane or or, or, the, or they're from Sydney, I say, I'll give Justin Duggan a call and get a casting lesson or or um, you, you do casting lessons, eh, Chris? I've done casting lessons longer than I would like to have done casting lessons. Yes, I do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, I've had people that have that have uh, done casting lessons with you as well. Oh, yeah, cool. Um, yeah. Could they fish? They were some of the yeah. worst people on the boat. And no, no, they're kidding. No. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to all my lovely students. I love you all. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks for coming. Right, I've got to go now. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, cool, man. And, and and did they, um, were they able to bring their skills that they, they taught? Because I get some students that show up and they go, I'm going on a trip or something like that, you know, and, um, uh, you know, or I'm going up here, I'm going there, or, or I want to fish for a different species that might require a different technique. Um, and have you found that people that when they have got a lesson that their experience is, is greatly improved compared to those who just try to, you know, waltz into it, should be right, sort of attitude? I think they, you know, understand the dynamics of the, you know, of a fly line or a fly rod. Like they understand how it's, you know, how how it works. Um, yeah. And yeah, and how the fly line works in conjunction with the rod. Um, I think yeah, just understanding that um, is is uh, is really beneficial to to uh, to anyone really. And I'm no gun flycaster at all. I'm at all, but. You know, you know, I learn a lot from from people on my boat that can cast amazing. Yeah, um, but yeah, I, I think uh, yeah, being able to and you don't always have to be able to cast big casts, but I feel like um, being able to move quick is uh, is uh, really beneficial. Being at you know, yep. a cruising fit, trevally cruising past on the flats or, or a cleanie, and you want to be able to have a quick shot and be ready. You know, just yeah, being ready, yeah. um, you know, missed opportunities that you see with, uh, with anglers that you know just are inexperienced, um, yeah. and you can't hold, you know, like trying to work with them, you yeah. can't yell at them. <laughs> well, you can, you just can't expect them to come back. <laughs> <laughs> no, I hear what you're saying, man. I hear what you're saying. It's a, uh, it is, it is, it's a, you know, to, to go from uh, an unweighted size 16 fly what have you to uh to a 10 clouser um and and one or two false casts in a 10 knots of breeze at 80 feet is a different world eh really yeah and uh, it, I, it, I think where, where you get those you get those dumb fish that you know and man the flats out in the out in the reef even the little island flats you know you get some you know just Cruise little GTs or whatever, and mm. you know, so much fun. And you know, they're, they're relatively easy shots, you know, like, you know, the shots are generally like, especially out on the reef, the um, you know, it's, it's overstimulating the amount of shots. Like, I had an American guy out there the other week, and he uh, he, he just said, This it's overstimulating out here, the amount of 
you know, the amount of start, like we, we cruised into an area and there was probably like 200 Spango. I think I put a photo up actually. You know, just Spango Lemper everywhere and there's hermit swim and a big GT rolls in. And this is all happening at once. You know, you, you don't know what rod to have in, the, in your hand. Um, so it's uh, good to good to upskill and, and be ready for, for that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, uh, that's that's insane. So, for people who are, are unfamiliar, um, well, they might they might have heard you talk about you from Cairns, and they they might they might know the name. But for people who listen from around the world who listen to this, I'm sure they're familiar with the Great Barrier Reef. You'd have to be living under a rock as a fisherman to not have heard of the Great Barrier Reef. But that's exactly the sort of um, I mean, the Great Barrier is huge for people who are listening. You don't you don't just go out to right. We're on the Great Barrier Reef right now. It's a huge area. But it's part of the, the the GBR to abbreviate system that you're fishing, right? Yep. 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 So yeah, the GBR runs from I think it's about Bundaberg all the way up to Papua New Guinea. Yeah. We have the top of so it's basically probably two or three thousand kilometers long. It's yeah. uh it is it is just made up of of flats. You know, it's mm. made up of flats that can be weighted. Especially, I mean, I, I haven't done much, uh, I haven't really done anything, uh, you know, south of Cairns, but between Cairns and the, and the Cape, just about every flat on a, on a spring low tide is, is weightable, which is a great, you know, being able to wade when it's windy is, uh, you know, is obviously the go-to. Oh, yeah. It's a great. Open up so um, many things with your, uh, you know, keeping the wind on the right spot, your visibility. Um, yeah, all that sort of thing. Yeah, um, Rory, I'm you know just listening to you talk about about the plethora of uh, of options in terms of flats up there on the spring lows. Um, do you find much variability between you know reefs, particular reef to reef, even on the same you know flat, depending on its size and you know species available um, to catch there, or what? Or is it does it change much from reef to reef, or is it one big thing? But um, locally, you know, the local flats we fish, most people know which flat we fish off Cairns there. Um, you know, we, the same flat, there's, you know, there's permit, lots of brassy trevally, like following rays, GTs, Chinaman fish, you know, Spangler. They're probably the main targets. There's triggers out there as well. Um, and then as you get further north, um, on the on the little islands, like it's a lot more blue bastards. Um, yeah, yeah, all the rest of the species as well. You see, oh no, we don't seem to. We get slaty brim out in the flats where we are, but um, yeah, it doesn't seem to be the, the number of bastards um, like locally. Mm. Yeah, interesting. If you go further further offshore. You know, we sort of fish the inshore flats and then further offshore, um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, you get the same sort of species. This, the permit seems to be more on the inshore flats. Yep. Uh, but, yeah, definitely. You know, a, a, a mate caught a, a nice blue bastard along the coast off Cairns recently. Oh, really? Um, which is, yeah, a, a good size one too. And that was, um, yeah, that was really local. 
Um, and it's one of those things, if you're not looking, if you're not sight fishing, um, it's easy to get distracted, you know. Well, that's, um, that's a good question. I'll just jump in here. Um, how far south is the, the most southerly blue bass that you've heard on the east coast, mate? Oh, good question. I've never pondered this before. They get them down down early beat, like Whitsundays, don't they? No, they're greys, mate. You've got greys and, and, dare I say, browns. We also carry Harry Hot Lips or, yeah. Definitely bastard, yeah. Definitely, yeah. Um, like, like along the coast. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he'll never post a photo of it. But, uh, yeah, you know, 100% blue bastard. Like, uh, I did a bit of guiding in the Wessel Islands when Phoenix was fishing up there. and So I definitely know what a blue bastard is. Yeah, right. Blue... It broke up a bit yeah. there. Where did, you, where did you say that was, the, sh- the most southern one? The most southern one that I thought of, that I've heard of. Yeah, did you did you just um say no? Did because was you were, you guys were talking about the Whit Sundays and Volts was saying that you know they're they're the grey and the brown browns down there. Did you say you 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 know of one getting caught down there? No, no, no off hands. Oh, okay. Sorry, mate. Gotcha. Yep. Gotcha. Uh, I have never heard of one, no. Um, there's a bit of a break, I guess, you know, in in terms of like, you know, I, I don't know. There's a bit of a break in habitat there, I guess, maybe. I, I don't know. It sounds weird, but who knows? It just sort of – the flats are different down down that way, the bits I've seen anyway. Maybe, maybe offshore. Who knows? Maybe they can't get past Hinchinbrook. Maybe. There's a lot of lot of guys there, you know. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. There's not a lot of people flyers on the east coast. I mean there's there's a good handful of lads doing it, but if you're not dedicated to to sight fishing and you know, you can do it so easy to get distracted by little things and they, they chew up valuable time, you know, mm. targeting exactly what you want. You know, little, you know. little side quests, you know, you get involved in, hey, you know, sort of, um, I guess, you know, my, my personal one, I love chasing tuskies. So, you know, um, when I when I go head up north, you know, people go, why aren't you chasing permanent? Oh, you know, it's sort of like nothing They're not tuskies. Yeah, I just don't chase the other ones. I chase the blue ones, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> on, our, on our local flat that we fish, that yeah. is getting becoming very popular there's so many tuskies out there and um, actually a mate got one of those the other day as well i don't know if he sight fished it but a lot of tuskies out there and they're they're just so so uh flighty we think it's from the spear fishermen um Mm. you know i'm so spooky or i don't know but um yeah they're definitely out there on the great barrier reef you know there's you know, a lot of tuskies used to be caught in shallow water. Mm. Yeah. Just haven't, haven't quite converted that, that yeah. game yet. I'd, in my opinion, and I know, I know you didn't ask, but someone will, a listener or something, you know, uh, boat traffic, human traffic, spear traffic, fishing traffic, um, it, it all fucks them up. You know, they just they just go, they just get extra flighty, you know, but they um, just get ultra sus on anything going. You know, you look at them wrong, boom, they're off. So, yeah, but spear eyes are the worst, you know, when it comes to tuskies. 
Maybe maybe jet skiers in general, but yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe Spiro's on jet skis. <laughs> Who knows? Oh, Spiro's on jet skis. The ultimate yeah. Gestapo. <laughs> Sorry. They still inside islands here, and they all have tusks, and you just like cannot get close to them. Like it's just a different world to you know what's happening down in the Whit Sundays, where we you know I'm imagining that's where we do the annual trip there, Valsi, but just can't get. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, look, I've I've sort of noticed the the change in pressure. You know, in some of those areas, certainly, you know, um, it's a different world down that way compared to, to how it was. Um, yeah, definitely, they're seeing they're seeing the effects of pressure. You gotta you gotta get to more out of the way spots, and you know, um, there's a few tricks. It's, um, social media is uh, definitely one of those things that that uh, puts pressure on fisheries and and ru- running a running a guiding business, you know, there's a fine line between exploiting your local fishery and marketing for it, you know, so, mm. and that's, oh, that's a really good well, valid point, mate. Like the last thing you want to do is, like, you you got to eat, right? But, you know, on the other hand, you still want to fish and you still want to be able to eat next week and the month after and next year. And, you know, you don't want to be um, exploiting the, the Rory hole too much. You know what I mean? You want to be able to go and, oh, go and hit it again the next time and and you know sometimes you gotta you know you gotta have some something uh up your sleeve um but yeah it's, it's hard <laughs> oh boss um rory so these areas you're talking about like we're, we're mentioning now about the gbr um this is your, your mothership operations and stuff is just going out further from these same areas yeah is that is that a good way, a real crass way to describe it? The two trips that we have, we leave on, we leave on Saturday morning. Yeah, it's stressing me out. I've got so much to do in the next three days. Yep. That, so to get to Lizard Island, like on a charter flight to Lizard Island, and then we yep. go north. The first trip goes in and out of Lizard, but we'll go up to like the Claremont Isles and a bit further north around Lockhart River, and then they'll fly out of Lizard Island. And then the second trip, we go from Lizard Island and the guests fly out of Lockhart River. Um, and we'll actually do a couple of days in Princess Charlotte Bay chasing Barra as well. Um, and they're both fly trips. Um, uh, the second group is a group of older guys. I think they're, they're all about 75. Um, so... So, you know, be fun to put put a bend in their rod. You know, they they, they, they don't have a huge goal set or anything. They just want to wade some cool flats and and uh, try to get a barrow on fly. Yeah. Um. So yeah, and uh, in the the first group is Eugene's group, with some American guys, and they they sound pretty experienced. And that's uh yeah, it's going to be exciting. And just pray that the weather comes down, um, which it looks like it is. And uh. Yeah, put put some cool fish on board. Yeah. Uh, Sorry, mate, I I missed it. What what's the duration of that trip? Uh, they're both week long trips, like seven, seven, one seven days fishing, six days, I think. Yeah. Mhm, mhm. Mate, awesome. uh, I'm really cool. 
You go, Chris. I was just sorry, I didn't mean to talk over. So I was just going to say, I've got, um, I've got uh, Google Maps open right now, looking at these places, and ooh, far out, man. Do you spend much time fishing? I mean, why? I mean, I can understand why you wouldn't, but I can understand why you would at the same time. But do you ever go into like the mainland and like fish some of the rivers in around there too with those trips? I've done quite a lot on the east coast, um, like a lot in Princess Charlotte Bay. Um, and rivers further north is like Lockhart River and a bit further north there's the Olive River, which I've done quite a bit in. Um, yeah, they've got, yeah, yeah great barrow fishing um, and some specky flats out. But I haven't spent a lot of time on them uh, coastal flats to the north. Yeah. Um, but, you know, more barrow flats, you know, mangrove flats. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, that's the beauty of the mothership. Having the mothership, you know, like we just, you know, obviously there's good anchorages behind the reefs and islands and the way up the coast, and and you know we we've got a rough game plan on which flats we'll will um will fish, but yeah, if we if we fish a flat that's amazing, we'll spend two or three days there, and you know we can you know super flexible, mm. um we just gauge what people want to catch and and um. Yeah, it's, the it's having a mothership uh, at your disposal. You know, having that base to go back to each night on the on the east coast because it's so remote. You know that basically from Cairns to the Cape on the east coast, it's it's the only way to do it. Um, yeah, and uh, you know ha- having a chef on board is makes it extra special. Oh man, <laughs> so so the, the the photos that you put up of the layout inside that 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 ship i'm going to call it a ship it's not really a boat it's pretty too big to be a boat right um but um mothership yeah right ship i think that's appropriate um and the meals that, that you put oh man it it looks um it looks like um the ritz carlton mate it looks uh it looks incredible super luxury super yeah hey hey rory it's um expensive ships you know that it's uh you know and they're a hard sell um so it's like what you know that's why i love being on the camera when i get to go out fishing for a day i'm always just trying to get some amazing photos to really push these trips and and put the great barrier reef on the map because it um it's it feels like it just hasn't really taken off um i know east coast angling do some fly trips up there as well um with yellow dog which is awesome um and yeah just feel like it it's just an incredible fishery, you know. Obviously, it's got GT's permit, um, which is which is high on everyone's list, but it's just so untouched. Like you just, you know, you're waiting flats that, you know, have probably never been waited. You know, mm. is, uh, is there is there a is there many of those flats left up there, or it just feels like it's never been waited? Like are we, is there yeah. un, undiscovered surprises up there? Like. Uh, you know, you know, I'm, I'm guessing bumpies, Napoleon races, stuff like that out there. Just still shit like that waiting to be discovered. And yeah, it's one of those fisheries that because you know nobody visits and wades those areas regularly enough to be able to go. We're going here. We're gonna, you know, we're gonna see ras on the flats, or we, you know, it's it's one of those fisheries that just doesn't get fish. So you know, it's uh. Every day is a school day up there, um, 
yeah, so mm. just in your bumpies, there's bumpies straight off cans, you know, on the flats. Yeah. Um, catch them. Maybe I could floss one. <laughs> you know, if you have trouble flossing one, just bring out some uh, S Factor as well, and um, yeah. yeah, just increase yeah. your chances, mate. You know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's very modern. S Factor is about, very, about as modern as it gets, um, mm. mate. Yeah, it sounds. Inc- I mean, I guess the the you know the 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 safest. I mean, it's a pretty safe thing to say, like to answer these flats that haven't been weighed, I mean, you'd only have to be on the map like I am now or anyone would be to look at the, the incredible lack of population um, on the on the mainland there. Like, it's miles and miles away from anyone or anything. Like, these places look incredibly, incredibly wild. Um, why do you think that it's uh, uh, largely underfished recreationally? I guess, you know, I don't know if that's a fair thing to say, but, uh, it, you know, you don't see... Other than your operation up there or East Coast, like you're saying, you don't see even a lot of wreck guys go there. I mean, like it's it looks like it's a, a massive hike for a you know day trips or or you don't hear of anyone living there and doing it. You know, you're picking up what I'm putting down there, mate. You know, you know what I'm saying? Look, at, you know, a few guys will buzz over from Weeper to like yep. Portland Road, and uh, you know they can they're straight in the you know straight into the creek there, mm-hmm. um, and then. From Cooktown, um, you know, you can sort of head up to like the Starkey River and uh, head out of there. And obviously, being local, you get to um, you get to choose the weather. You know, mm. that's why I'd love to have more local clients. Um, you know, they've just got the they get to you know look at the weather forecast and, and book a day. Um, yeah, but it's it's underfished because it's, yeah, you, you, you're right. The population it's it's so remote. Um, it, I, I feel like it's one of the as far as wading flats and, and fly fishing goes, it would it would be one of the most untouched um, fly, you know flats fisheries around the world, really. Mm. Um, and it, yeah, even what you see down in the Whit Sundays Vaulty, which is um. You know, it's heavily heavily populated, and it's you know got quite a few fly anglers, and you still still uh, come away with some great catches each oh, you, trip. Yeah, if you oh. if you put in the effort, you can feel like you know, like you don't. Let's not be naive. Not the first person to be there, obviously, and um, but you know, it, it is it is a pretty clean place with lots of you know lots of shoreline. That's important, but um, you know, when you look at you look at the really exotic places around the world. Uh, that you know fly uh you know fly meccas that um you know like i i can't think of a place um that ticks as many boxes um you know apart from having like completely iconic fish like the atlantic tarpon for let's take that out of the equation let's just say like in terms of having you know very low population incredible habitat uh, you know, relatively undisturbed. Um, like there is obviously commercial line fishing in parts of the reef up there, and maybe some you know recreational, uh, not recreational, some um, some you know netting for barramundi and some of those rivers. But like compa- comparatively light pressure on on most parts of the um, most parts of the uh, food chain up there. There's um, look, Australian waters are largely sovereign and protected. You know, we've got, we've got, um, you know, patrol boats and stuff like that. So we're not, 
you know, we're not being raided by our neighbours. There's not a high population. It's clean. Like, everything sort of adds up to there being, you know, incredible fishing there. We just need to discover it. We need to go out and we need to appreciate it for what it is and not say to ourselves, oh, there's not there's not Atlantic tarpon here. We've got to appreciate it for what it is, and it's pretty fucking good. Mm. So, uh, having the fishing options that we do, um, and uh, being being uh, so far north in terms of it's a, a hot skip and a jump to a really remote location, you know. He had, especially just to fly fishing, you know, because people just aren't, it's, you're, it's either in your blood or it isn't, you know. You want to walk the flats and, and sight fish for, for different species. Like, it's, it's, it's becoming popular, but it's still um, relatively, uh, relatively untouched to the north. Yeah, well, I think, you know, like you look at a lot of these um, – a lot of these trips and, you know, the, the best spots, and this, there's no reason why this place can't be, you know, excellent 10, 15, 20 years from now. Like, you know, the level of exploitation is not going to change. The level of protection is going to stay the change. There's not suddenly going to be, you know, cities of a few million people popping up all along the coastline up there. So, you know, like it, it's going to be hard, hard to get to and remote. But these are like the good old days in 20 years' time, you know, like, you know those those seventy five year olds. You know that, that could be Chris in ten years, and and you know going out there, <laughs> and, and, you know he'll, he'll be telling his grandkids about yeah it, uh, about you know how I could tell them now <laughs> how it felt. It felt pretty wild and new, and it's it's a really special opportunity, mate. Um, yeah, uh, are you comfortable talking about costings? What's a, what's a, a trip out there on on a runa for a week worth up there? It's, it's it's the whole boat, and I've tried to yeah. You know, the in the last two years, the price has basically doubled. Um, yep. For a week north is about a hundred thousand for the whole boat. Um, yep. You know that's not including alcohol. So yeah, the you know the luxury mothership trips come with a price, um, and I mm. get a lot of inquiries, um, and you know just don't hear back from people. Mm. Um, the American uh, dollars or the Aussie dollars really good to the Americans, so um, seems to be the most interest there. Yeah, it looks like you, you, sorry, you mean Americans um, in, coming over to Australia? Is that what you mean? Yeah, much more inviting to them because um, the conversion rate to Australian dollar is yeah so good for them. Yep, that's right. So yep. yeah, next year we've, we'll have a couple more trips um, locked in soon and. You know, I want to have as many as possible. You know, I feel like it's one of those fisheries that just, uh, it's, it's so big. Um, I don't think you could ever be pressured um, in those remote locations. But, yeah, th th those trips, they, they come with a price tag. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, the, the boat, Aruna, uh, specialises in, like, dive trips. They do a lot of research trips. Um, we've just got a new owner. Um, he's he just signed the papers only a couple of weeks ago, and he loves his fishing. And he's basically ordered two new fishing tenders, oh, um, a couple of bonitos. So, you know, we, we sort of lacked in the um, in the you know the fishing skiff or the that side of things. So the new owner sees the potential, and 
and uh, he's basically just jumped straight in and and, uh, and ordered a couple of new boats, which is really exciting. Um, yeah, it makes it a lot 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 easier product to sell when you got some nice shiny new boats. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, so it's, it's exciting times, really. Um, mm. I hope these next trips uh, from next week go well. We can get some nice good media and and uh, and get a few more trips locked in for next year. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's pretty good. Oh, Is there any short format trips, you know, closer to yeah. yeah. So, uh, like our local flats, mm. um, every, everyone knows which flat we fish. Uh, but you know, okay. you can fish, you can fish any flat off Cairns on a low tide. You can walk and wade. One one flat in particular, uh, which is you know, which we have, we've, I've put a, we've put a lot of time into it. Me and me and a couple of mates. Um, you know, so we've done a few trips, three-day trips, three full days of fishing with four nights accommodation, um, you know, over the over those good low tides, like mm-hmm. walk and wade fishing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're super expensive now as well. Um, you, know, you know, we're going we're gonna to work on getting that price down to make it more inviting because we don't chew the fuel and just sitting out there on anchor. Um, while we're out fishing, um, yeah, we, you know we're coming into new times with the boat with the new owner. So, um, definitely, yeah, it's been you know that's why I haven't pushed it too hard in the last eighteen months because the boat's been for sale, and uh, you know I've got a lot of marketing material that I've collected um, with my own blood and sweat out there, yeah, dragging a camera around, um, and you know I didn't want to, you know pump a product and then a new owner takes over the boat and isn't interested or you know could hijack it from me yeah so product that i want to you know I've, I've put a lot of work into and um and the new owner is uh is uh, all about it so yep. yeah in case we forget later on rory i'd like to commend you for having that you know pioneering and hardworking. um attitude mate it's, it's admirable it's particularly in this industry you know um well done mate thanks Walty. Thank you. sorry i'm uh, i'm listening i'm i'm on google earth and i i shouldn't be doing this god i'm, used, I'm such a bad interviewer when i um do this yeah, man the, the, <laughs> the coastline there is you could just oh man not only you not only could spend a lifetime fishing it, you could spend a week on Google Earth just looking at going, look at that flat, look at that flat, look at that flat. Then there's the reefs, you know. So it's um, it's incredible. I don't know why um, your head doesn't just just spin like all the time, Roy. It must do, right? Like uh, the possibilities of of what's going on up there. Yeah, it, it, it does. Like I've been you know, chatting to Eugene on the phone about the, the next couple of weeks, and and uh, yeah, it's uh, super exciting, you know. We've, um, we'll, we'll be telling the skipper, take us here, and we want to we'll anchor up here and, and fish these flats. Um, yeah, it's super exciting. How far uh, do you go north or south from Cairns on, on a day trip? On a day trip? Yeah. Like, like, I don't uh, mean like, uh, I mean like, let's say not even oh, like launching from Cairns, but like you might drive somewhere then launch somewhere else or something like that, you know? Yeah, for for barra trips, I'll you know I'll drive 
maximum an hour and 45 to two hours. Yep. Um, like I'm really, you know, probably mainly conventional fishing, um, like, you know, with the barra charters. Mm. Um, so tidal dependent, river heights, um, and, you know, weather, the weather can change. You know, the weather forecast can be different two hours north or two hours south. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got to put fish on the board. Like, you know, I'll just I'll do an early pickup and, and uh, you yeah, know, let people know we're, we're travelling a bit for the day. Yeah. Um, but, you know, if people want to catch fish, that's what's got to be done. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, up to two hours. Like, at the moment... I'm on a charter down at Mission Beach. I probably yep. shouldn't tell you what people. I'm, <laughs> I, uh, I'm pretty pretty cagey about, especially with my barrel locations, you know, of yeah. where I fish. You know, that that is something that gets can uh, easily be exploited. You know, mm. uh, but at the moment we've got horrendous weather. Like it is a strong wind warning and torrential rain, and every river is swollen and flowing, um, but I am just on the edge of it to the south mm-hmm. and our river is touched. And we still had tough fishing over with shitty conditions, but, um, you know, we put five barrel on the boat today and a few jacks and good enough fishing, um, conventional, but, you know, it's just worth doing those extra miles for, for good fishing. Yeah, yep. I mean, if you if people got on the map and looked at like you know a two hour drive north or south of Cairns, like Jesus man, the options, Jesus man, that's crazy. There couldn't be too many situations you couldn't fish in. Like you're just explaining it now. You got horrendous weather, and uh, you know you just got to go where you got to go to get it done. Essentially, totally. And uh, and if it's hot, you know, I, I yeah, I, I really take pride in my, my guiding. You know, and I. Always try, you know, if people say I'm here in Cairns between this day and this day, I'll always look at the tides. If people want to book a half day, I'll just slap them in wherever, mm. um, you know, nothing to be caught. But, um, but yeah, you know, you want to you want to put points on the board. It um, doesn't matter if it's glamour conditions and the tides are perfect, you still feel a whole lot of pressure. Um, oh, absolutely. You know, you, you're only as good as your angler. Um and or as good as they'll listen to you anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about these heli trips then. Where where do they run out of? Uh, so we fly out of Ingham. I've right. uh, teamed up with um, Josh Little from from uh, what's he Hingenbrook Adventures. Mm-hmm. So he he try he you know he sort of he does a few he drops hikers in uh, on the Herbert River to this uh, which is. Uh, just near Ingham there, yeah. Um, which is Blanco Falls. I don't know if you've heard of that. No. Um, it flows. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a really big, big system. So we fly about forty-five k's up that from Ingham, in right. uh, in the base of the gorge. Um, yeah, Josh, he, he's he's a cool guy. Like you know, you know, amazing flight in there. You know, flies flies into waterfalls and. Amazing flight, and then we get dropped off with the bait, you know, with the with all the camping equipment we need. Um, awesome. And you know, it's predominantly sooty grunner. Um, the, the last trip we did in October last year, we we probably caught 
uh, about 15 or 20 barra um, over three days and probably like 150 footies. They're just, up past, yeah. those, past those falls. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I just I just found a picture of it. I found Blanco Falls and big Yeah, this is below. Oh. So Blanco flows into into the Herbert River. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, and, uh, yeah, it's a, you're way up in the fresh, but there is – every pool has a big croc, like a big uh, resident croc. Um, yeah. So you camp pretty high up on the bank, and at night you go down with the spotty and you can see it. You know, three and a half meter clock. Um, crew, like you, you know, you've got to be wary. But in between these big pools is like amazing rapids. Um, you know, big black sooty grunner just sitting in the rap. You know, good sight fishing opportunities. Yeah. Um, in the in the big still pools with the snags and the lilies, um, you get a few barra. Um, awesome. Do you do that very often? Uh, so I've done three trips. Yeah. Since I've had it on you. Um, and yeah, I haven't even got one locked in for this year. I need to, I need to push it a bit harder. I didn't know you did it, man. I'll be honest with you. I, I, I mean, I follow your page and, and, you know, I watch it tentatively and, um, I didn't, I didn't know you did it, but you must have a, like, a, I mean, to see the value in putting this, you must have adventurous requests, right? People must be, well, do people just say like, ah, oh, fishing the inlet can seems pretty vanilla. You got something you can put me in front of Crocs in front of every pool or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Do you get people like that? Is that what is that what what makes this happen? These things. People generally find me on my website, Chris. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, on Google, I, I sort of took the Google pathway with Google reviews and stuff. Um, yeah. So I find, find, you know, I find that people that want a good sport fishing experience, you know, they'll search for it until they find it. Oh, um, sorry, I didn't. I didn't mean. I, didn't mean that. I, I apologize if I came across like that. I, I meant to say that, um, you know, this is a, I mean, you're not pioneering by being, you know, there's other heli fishing trips is what I'm saying, but to do, to see the market in, in doing this, did, I mean, did you have requests for people that want to do something like this, like overnights and camping and stuff, or did you just introduce it to your existing clientele and, you know, you know, you know, I'm going. When I, uh, like stop, Chipping, you know, I got into guiding. Yeah. Uh, you know, and he was really flexible. I could go do a season at Barrel Lodge and come back and jump on the tools. And and uh, I knew, you know, it wasn't sustainable having a relationship and, you know, plans for a family. You know, I, you know and I think, you know, as a young kid, I, I did want to run a fishing charter. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it sort of come to, it was either keep, keep uh, you know, just, my missus sort of put the pressure on me uh, about not working away so much, and uh, you know I had to kick off my charters, you know, my guiding business and and guiding in other locations. You know, you make connections and tell people, you know, when you come to Cairns, you know, take your fishing away. And uh, I, I just sort of thought, you know, if I'm going to run something, if I'm going to if I'm going to do this, I want to put stuff on the menu that I would want to do myself. Yeah, um, right. And, doing you know i want to be out there um you know because i i may not be fishing i get to pick a oh but um yeah i want to be in these remote locations with with good fishing um and actually the first trip i did i I withdrew my super from um you know during covid there yeah and i went you know fuck it um let's get a helicopter and 
this on the menu and and uh yeah josh was uh the the chopper pilot was like sweet let's you know let's do it that's wow. awesome um, yeah that's and the mothership trips like uh the skipper like business manager and, and marine operations manager ross uh yeah he's been a mentor to me my whole life like he's my best mate's older brother mm-hmm. the um and you know, Aruna specialises in in dive trips, and they do a lot of research trips. You know, all sorts of stuff. Bearing um, trips. And the vo- the previous owner loved fishing. Um, and but you know, doing the Great Barrier Reef dives stuff, the dive stuff, and the research stuff, but fishing, um, you know, it's you know doesn't really mix well. You know, holding up a dead red emperor, um, <laughs> doesn't look real good. Mm. And you know, fly fishing is—you know—it's it's such a sustainable way to fish. You know, shallow water, um, you know, catch and release. You know, it's selective fishing, um, and yet you know, just—you know—it really suits suits the operation. You know, it doesn't make it look like a like a catch and kill. So, um, so you know, and, and Ross has been great um, helping me put it on the menu, and and uh, yeah, so that. You know, I just had a dream, I guess, and uh, I'm just going for it. Man, that's and, uh, awesome, mate. It's burning me out. <laughs> burning nah, good. You know, <laughs> you would you would rather a, a dream burn you out than, um, I mean, a good way, hopefully, but then then not burn you out. That's for sure. Yeah, I'd, I'd rather be burnt out pursuing a dream than living with the regret of wondering what if. You know, God, that deep bolts. It's so deep, ankle deep. Yeah, <laughs> panther deep. Yeah, 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 man, that's nuts, man. It's um, no, look, Roy, it's, it's pretty cool, mate. What are, with your photography, mate? Like, um, uh, did you get into it like to market, or did you already have a um, uh, a healthy interest in photography before you, um, uh, yeah, got into it for for advertising your guiding operation? Um, yeah, yeah, especially with the fly fishing. Like, I remember, well, it must have been like two thousand and ten. You know, I reckon that was when my fly fishing passion was reignited. You know, someone, someone um, sent linked me to like world angling. A couple of guys in in the keys that chased tarpon, and there was some amazing imagery. You know, video footage and, and little clips of uh, of that. And I, mm. you know, I just always love just fishing photography. Yeah, I just I just really appreciate good fishing photography. You know people capturing mm. the moment um and i'm lucky enough to have a few mates that are photographers and and learnt a bit from them um and then you know being able to operate a camera um you know that you know be able to take a photo of something that's moving fast or you know you just learn the fundamentals of a camera and um and yeah i, I walk away from you know watching my mate catch permit on the reef without even having a cast you know like just because I get to take some cool photos. And, yeah. I, man, I've, I've so many photos that I'd, yeah, I, you know, I could, I've got thousands of photos. It's, uh, yeah, I, I hate upselling, you know. Like, it's one of the, I could, I could post a lot, you know, crazy pictures, but I, all the time. I don't have a lot of time to sit on Instagram and, and, and post stuff. So I sort of just dump stuff down then. But Rory's, yeah. uh, do you, can I just ask, mate? Do you have a um, do you find some um, 
some fish, maybe some anglers more photogenic than others? Yeah, yep. Absolutely. Yeah, What's your favourite, mate? What's your favourite location and fish to, to photograph? Man, you know, look, it's, I love posting pictures of uh, tailing fish. Hard, mm -hmm. hard to get. Yeah. No, I like it all, eh? Like, you know, more, you know, I just got a new camera, actually, um, which I'm still uh, learning how to use properly, more of a, a camera that will shoot better than a 4K. Some, um, yeah, but you know, the flats is, is such a cool place to take photos, especially when there's, you know, shallow water with a the polarizing filter and you can, you know, sort of capture, capture the moment, you know, someone casting a fly at a fish that's swimming by or, mm. um, but then, yeah, the jungle perch scenery is really, yeah, stunning, you know, amazing tree ferns along the, along the rivers and, these beautiful silver fish. Yeah, man, I, I don't reckon I have a favourite. Um, yeah, definitely some anglers uh, make it look better than others, that's for sure. Is yeah. it like action shots or like head shots? Action shots. Yeah. It's sort of leading on what I was about to ask. Like, do, you have a, do, you have a, um, do you have a direction like uh, would – I would say that you would when I'm about to ask this question, like a uh, like, uh, – a, a mindset to be able to tell a story or a, or portray a feeling in your photos. Like I um I look at through your page before we answer this question myself personally, and, and I feel in, uh, anticipation almost like with your page. Like I'm kind of motivated to go. Like you you can't you have a little knack of um of snapshotting. Um, for me, when, I, if, when I'm fishing, I might take a second just to look around, take a deep breath and sort of be mindful of where I am at the moment and just that feeling of knowing whether it might be you know, I'm not at work or there's an anticipation of, of being a great a great day or something like that. But you, do you know what I'm saying? Do you, do you take your photography? Yeah, uh, definitely. Do you take yeah. that approach to your photography? You know, you know, I always have the camera. You know, I've got a a little waterproof box that I have at my feet so I can just pick up the camera at any moment. And, you know, just watching people, you know, guiding, you know, you're watching people with a rod in their hand um, all day, you know, so you, you just see the moments and, you know, have the camera ready to go. Then, yeah, ca capture that moment, you know, take a bunch of shots and, um, and uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you know, that, that moment of someone hooking up to a big fish and, yeah, it'd be cool to um to uh, record the conversations afterwards as well. You know, the high fives and um, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. like it's it's like it's like you're uh, putting together uh, a picture essay, so to speak. Like you're not you're not all, you're not you're not only taking a picture of someone hold, like you know, on their onto a fish. You know, like it might be they might be standing there looking, waiting in the flats. Because I mean, those who have spent time on the flats know it's you know a lot of the time is just staring at sand, you know, or staring at whatever the bottom, you know. Um, and, and that's and that's I enjoy that you know like I mean there's been plenty of times for me where I've been fishing with people and they're going this is fucking boring like, what are we doing here you know I'm like just wait you know there's something something will present itself you know that that's not something that it's for everyone you know that aspect of it and like I'll see you capture that in your, in your pictures or it might or it might be some sort of detail of a fish that um when you do a grip and grin it's not not normally a, a it's not always I should say just that that grip and grin like of the whole fish you know it's um 
there's just just something, you know, like it. I, I don't know how to describe it, but it's real thought provoking, I guess you could say, for to create conjure a, a feeling of of what fishing is to someone who's experienced with fishing. Is do you, you know what I'm saying? Or maybe I'm looking too far into it. Um, I'll stop now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's definitely you know, take uh, like I see at the moment, and, you know, take a bunch of photos and I look through the photos and. And yeah, there's always one that just captures the captures the vibe. Yeah, and, the know, vibe's a good way to put it. What I say, yeah. That's what I'm um, anticipating because you said sorry, Roy. I was I'll just need to just say this because you said you you do you got hundreds and hundreds of photos, but you then you choose to put one up. So I mean, like you might there must be one that you're sitting there going, "That's what I want to portray," you know? Yep. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, um, and it's the, the the vibe. It's a it's a good way to put it. That's what I meant to say. The vibe. It's a vibe, man. It is. It's a, it's a vibe thing, man. It's a, yeah, yeah. It's important having people in those scenarios that have never been in those scenarios before, you know, with, you know, shallow water and a fish swimming past and even if they don't catch the fish, um, you know, just being there without taking a photo of it, it's, uh, but being able to take a take a nice photo of it is, uh, makes it extra special. Now, I think, you know, that, Flash fishing, it's either in your blood or it isn't, you know, like um, I think that's what makes the difference between a fly fish and, they, um, and someone that doesn't fly fish, I guess, you know, that, mm. that sight fishing. Aspect, the, um, you know, sometimes I'll get those anglers that have never had any saltwater fly fishing experience and the weather's glamour and we'll go fish like a little island flat or a little uh, coastal flat. And there's little G, like just small GTs on rays or something, you know that's what we're looking for. But you get up on the flats and and they just start casting like, you know they just they just think you just cast, <laughs> mm. and uh, you say, it's like hey, blind man, like, casting like, on the flat sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. So like, hey, you know we're sight fishing here, so you just hold your fly in your hand and we're gonna wait. Um, you know we're gonna we're gonna hunt along this edge and and uh, look for a cruising fish. You know, like, you know, people, are, anglers that have no experience are quite oblivious to what it is, and, and it's uh, rewarding teaching them about that, and show, even if it's in a, you know, they're not big GTs or, you know, not epic fish, but mm. um, they still have a really good, uh, really good sense for what it's about. Um, yeah. I'm doing that with the tarp on. Um, there's lots of, lots of different spots where we have tarp on school up. And they roll, and you, you know, it's, you, know, you wait for them to roll and throw, throw a fly in there, and and uh, you know, that it's quite quite easy fishing, and they get to they get to set hooks. You really need to set the hooks on those little tarp on, mm. um, and uh, yeah, no, it's it's a good phase. It's rewarding for sure. Before we move off the ph- photography thing, sorry, my mic went up loud. There, I'll just fix that up. Um, let me ask you a question, Rory. Do you think the uh, do you think the days of uh, lens punching and, and wiping the lens is dead, or is it still around? What's that, man? What's what's lens punching? <laughs> you want me to, I can send you some photos of some examples of some people that are notorious for it, if you like. But you know, just just hold like like really really pushing the fish forward with like you know like fish eye type lenses, you know, and things like that. Do you think I do that with this? So, beg your pardon. Do I, does it look like I do that with this? Oh no, no, no! I'm not saying that at all. I'm no. I, in fact, I was um, I was asking do you because I know it's going to embarrass people that um, that uh, that that are in 
sorry, that are good so, sports. Like, I hate, I hate that age. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm glad grind. you said that. But, um, yeah, it, it definitely grind. Like, you know, it's, you know, everyone wants to make their fish look big. And, you know, you can, you can still take a nice shot with a wide angle lens of a close up fish. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that I think it's the time the conversation has to be brought to the surface in regards to that. You know, this day and age, mate. So, look, it's interesting to get your thoughts on it, and, and I tend to share that that direction, mate. You know, it's um, it's great. It's uh, we could be we could be a bit smarter with it, right? Yeah. Um. Absolutely. Look, <laughs> mate. It's um. Look, it's either way. Either way, mate. Like um, it's all fishing. It's all fun. Um, it's it's good. It's a good part of. It's interesting watching people take their photography more seriously after having a love of fishing first and wanting to share those images and and what have you. So it's um it's really cool to um to get to get that to get that from you. That's for sure. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, sorry, would you, did you say did you want to say something, Vols? Nah, man, no. Nah. Oh, you didn't. Nope. Okay, no worries at all. Um, I didn't have any, uh, I didn't have any uh, plans for this chat. I'll just take it as it comes. Mate, that's that's what we do, and um, so I, I'm glad you share that approach with us. That's what we do. So, look, mate, you know, as as you know, it's been um, it's been a while. We've been trying, we've been wanting to get you on for a while now. So it's uh, um, it's uh, it's great that you've made the time. That's for sure. Yeah, I appreciate it. I apologise for the uh, for um taking so long. I think Vols had contacted me about two years ago just before my daughter was born. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's been a lot of water under the bridge, man. You would have been real busy. I think um I think we uh we were chatting and you'd just become a new dad. It's a very exciting time of someone's life and a lot of adjustments need to be made. And um you know it looks like you're coming out the other side now mate and you're still uh you're still smiling, still catching heaps of fish. And uh yeah it's fantastic. Good on you man. Thanks, man. So it's a crazy, you, know, you guys have obviously got kids, and yeah, the first one is uh, I've only got one. I can't imagine what it's like to have any more, but uh, it's a wild uh, ride. I've only got one. Volty's the real hero here. Oh, I've only got two, mate. I've got both boys, so you know, it's um, the hard thing for me is just the weekend sport, that's all, and oh, afternoon sport, shit like that. You know, our average weekend's got. You know, maybe at the moment, three three games of of, uh, of I call it soccer, but I get in trouble. Football, they call it these days. Over you know, over both days, that's me. I'm done. And you know, it's one, two, three, four, five, uh, five training sessions a week too. So uh, keeps me busy, man. Yeah, being in the water. You know, like it's it's my full time gig. Yeah, it's my it's my bread and butter. And having a newborn baby, you come home, you get home at five five o'clock in the afternoon, five thirty. You know, sometimes six. And, yeah. You know, Mrs. Has, has had the baby all day, and you know you want to you want to cuddle the baby and you want to relieve her. Um, and yeah, it's it's uh you know you end up cleaning the boat at nine o'clock at night when everyone's going down to bed. You know. You know, that that sort of that period is uh is is over now. The little girl can she can talk to me and help me clean the boat and yeah, it's been a wild ride. Oh mate, it sounds sounds like you're doing all the 
all the right things, prioritising the important stuff. You know, you got a reason why. Um, so yeah, man, yeah. good one. Nothing more important. Sorry, mate. There's nothing more important than than the family, eh? Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Well, fishing's pretty important too, though. But um, but family's right up there. I put them neck and neck. No, I'm like kidding. Family's first. (laughs) I'm glad my wife didn't hear me say that. Um, Rory, mate, was there anything else that you wanted? Is there anything you wanted to bring up that we hadn't mentioned on the show before we um, wrap this puppy up? Yeah, I can't, I can't think of anything, eh? Um, uh, I think we have a mutual friend, Volchie, Justin Welsh. Yeah, yeah, well, Welshie and I, um, I've got a million funny stories. I, I actually know he wouldn't appreciate us talking about him on here, eh? He's, uh, he's a private man. Uh, that's why he grew a beard. He tried to look like Ned Kelly. Um, but, you know, since I fished with him and now, that he's, he's, he's a lot different, hey? Like, he's, uh, he's grown up. He's got a, a daughter of his own, um, yeah, Miller. Um, but yeah, I I love hanging shit on that guy. You know, he is um, he's a good dude, but yeah, he's he's pretty much um, well. You know what he's like, eh? Hey? <laughs> I don't know what to say. Yeah, yeah. Good dude, His eyes are pretty close together. Sorry, mate. His eyes are pretty close together. Oh yeah, yeah. He's um. He's uh, genetically engineered to, to have great hand-eye coordination. I think he told me once. Yeah, his eyes are close together. He's a skinny face, or he used to. And, um, yeah, he uh, used to play a lot of cricket when he was younger, and uh, he was a fast bowler. Um, but, yeah, he uh, he's busy these days. I think he's been doing a bit of shooting lately, actually, he told me. He's got a, he got a, nice, um, he got a nice fellow buck recently, and um, during the Red Raw, he... Um, he he uh, he got one down, but it wasn't it wasn't the, the animal he was looking for. So yeah, he he goes all right, Justin. I don't think he fly fishes too much, so. He's a, he's a very good dude. He's a really good dude. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, it went quiet. There sounded like you said he never did, <laughs> but yeah, he's yeah. a good dude. Yeah, plenty of laughs. Yeah. Plenty. So, no, he, I worked with Justin at the and. Uh, that was good debriefing with him each day. Good, good fella. And uh, he was, uh, I spoke to him the other week and mentioned that I might be coming on the podcast and he said to, he said to give you shit and I've got no <laughs> meat on you. When we get off the blower, mate, I'll give you plenty. You can just use it slowly as you, as you like. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, well, it's good. You know, Justin used to have a podcast of his own, eh? Did you ever know that? Yeah, he did, man. He told me about that um, when we were working together, actually. And, um, yeah, probably could have got some traction. I suppose it's one of those things, you know, like you guys are, um, you know, you guys are a world of information for people fly fishing. And his podcast was the same for for sport fishermen. But, yeah, it's hard to, you know, when you don't get money from, or, you know, you you need to rely on that, um, the satisfaction of giving people um, uh, some info and and knowledge, um, you know, you got to be sat- you know, it's a hard thing to um, to dedicate your time to, like you guys do. I, I don't know if you guys have endorsements or, or whatever, but you know, it's uh, it's great for the fly fishing industry, that's for sure. You've got to be genuine about getting people connected. Absolutely, 
It's uh yeah. Anyway, look, um, Rory, we might put a ribbon on this dude and um and wrap this puppy up. What do you think, mate? Sweet boys. Thanks for um thanks for having me on. Must appreciate the uh, the exposure for my uh, for my guiding operation. Oh, mate, no problem there at all, mate. It's um yeah, no, it's been great having you on. Great to finally get there and have this chat and um mate, uh It'd be it'd be great to to um yeah well I mean uh, it'd be great for you to if you had the time either come on again another time and maybe talk to us again after a few more of these trips um up on the up on the Aruna um it'd be really cool or maybe we talk to you from the Aruna one day it'd be pretty cool maybe you guys can jump on Aruna one day just put and on as a photographer <laughs> we can do an on site podcast another one from from Aruna. Yeah, It'd be hard for me to talk with my jaw on the ground, though, I must admit. But um, I'm, I'll try. <laughs> <laughs> All right, dude. Well, thanks again for making the time, Rory. Really, really appreciate it, man. Thank you, fellas. So we, um, we hang up. Are we, we have a chat after this, and we're, we're done. Just, just hang on the line there for a sec, mate. We'll end the recording, and then um, and then we'll um, we'll give Volty shit off, off, off air. Sounds perfect. All right, cool. All right. Can you see how long it's been recording for on your end? No, I'm just holding it up to my ear, mate. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, just because I, I don't, I don't want, I don't want any bad sound quality coming through. I understand. Well, that's good, mate. That you're concerned with bad or good sound quality. Yeah. Yeah. Shows you care. I do care. I care about our listeners. Are we are we live yet or what? You can be if you want to be, or we can just you know hit a little bump in the road and hit edit from uh, here. But why don't we just, just keep going? Go. Let's yeah. keep going. Let's, Let's keep, keep going, going, mate. You know, it's, it's sort of our style, right? Just keep going, keep pushing on, hitting hope. Soldier on with Codrill, mate. Yep. They call you the Codrill podcaster. Did you know that? <laughs> <laughs> My favourite fish is the estuary Codrill. <laughs> <laughs> Codrill liver oil. You take one before every show. <laughs> oh, it's getting real reachy right now. Let's stop reaching. Great show, yeah. It's um, you know, like as we mentioned through the show, it's been been a while. Been trying to get him on. I guess the first thing we should address is the sound vaults. You know. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it was patchy. Look, I thought, you know, you sounded really confident throughout. I thought maybe it's just my phone, and then, you know, you you said the same thing to me. You know, maybe yeah, maybe well, I we, can't hear it. Yeah. What what my interest listeners is that we learnt while we we got off record there between the interview and now. And we both thought it might have been our own personal connections that um, that was happening there. So we didn't stop anything because we were on a, we thought we were on a good run. So I wasn't to know what I was missing out on. I thought, you know, boss will pull us up if it's not a good story, you know, or something like that. But anyway, that's the way it worked. We could always get him on again. We're yeah, a good yeah. dude. We could, yeah. Yeah, or it could all be in our heads. We haven't listened back to it yet. Um, yeah. We've had some feedback want- already about the show. <laughs> <laughs> the, the feedback's been, you know, universally popular. Yeah, look, it's just I, us two. Yeah. Feedback. <laughs> I reckon. I reckon if it, you know, if it's not not sounding good on your mobile, just try another device for a different network. And, That's the uh, thing to do. That's the thing yeah. to do. I've, the feedback we've had so far is that 
listening to the show on multiple devices through multiple accounts is the way to go. And potentially what can increase the sound quality is like a review on pod, on um, on the Apple Apple pod, podcast app or something. Leave us a review. Five stars, of course, because yep. you're, you're not an idiot, right? Yep, that's right. And you don't want to insult your own intelligence. Anything, yeah, if you're going to have a whinge or anything, before you do it, just ask yourself, are you a dickhead? And, yeah, you know, and look at yourself in the mirror when you do that. Yep, take a mirror to bed. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right now, when this when this podcast comes out, Rory yeah. will be up on the Aruna. Lucky bugger, he will too. That's right. He did yep. say that. Yep. Yeah. He did so, say um, that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how how they go. I know he was, um, you know, like any good professional would. They their the anticipation is high, the anxiety is high. They they want to provide a good trip, and I know he's. So uh, given a lot of thought, and we were lucky to grab him at the time that he did because he's have a fuckload on his mind that um, didn't involve podcasting, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, Rory's had a few, well, I'm not going to speak out of class here, but he's, he's got a relatively new addition to the family over the last, you know, short period. and uh, Got himself a trophy, eh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, and good on him, mate. Like he's, Rory's been one of those guys we've been, you know, wanting to have on for a while. Um, he's he's an exceptional dude. You can tell just by listening to him uh, how keen he is, how uh, invested he is in, in providing a good product. Um, and one thing we didn't talk about is how readily available his, uh, where his jump-off points are. Like any any uh, major capital city in Australia flies directly to Cairns. Mm. Um, and, you know, he can meet you there. He can get you, like he said, he you know, rarely goes more than one and a half hours in the car from Cairns. Hmm. So uh, it's it's pretty cool to know all these uh, flats fishing options and sight fishing options, and I know he loves getting out to uh, a few of his reef spots or a few of the holes down in the river and yep. um, rivers, and uh, yeah, so it's searching for for goodness and glory there. It's good. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay, go ahead. I, I got nothing, man. Yeah, I. I no, really enjoyed... Go ahead, man. <laughs> I really enjoyed Rory's his stories. And, uh, <laughs> are you, are you, you're having a stroke, are you? you know you're rhyming your words, right? <laughs> a little Can you smell rage, toast? Uh, yeah, well, is this a trick question? It's just a symptom of a stroke. Oh, is it really? I, uh, I, heard, you, I heard you can lose your sense of taste, but you know, that's had me worried about you for ages because I always thought you had bad taste. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> very good, very good, boss. Yeah, they say one of the other. to give you the floor. <laughs> they say one of the other symptoms is uh, and you lose your ability to speak and you know I know that's not your case so congratulations no. mate yeah you're uh, you're not guilty of having a stroke on air Thank I've you. heard that one of the symptoms is that you get to use your illusion <laughs> one and two <laughs> well, I'm not picking up the Guns N' Roses uh the, the connection to you what's that i started about? it i just started it from there there was no there was nothing oh, okay. to be referenced i just thought you know use your you illusion know, well one of the best songs on there is coma you know is so there, there might be you know something some connection there yeah yeah well you're yeah. on your own there tiger <laughs> i don't know you could be mine yeah <laughs> i don't know live or let die That's, yeah yeah cool bro yep love 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 the beatles um <laughs> Look, mate, it's, it's been a long show thus far. Uh, yeah. What do you say we just get out of here and, um, um, and yeah. 
God, that's professional. I mean, how many podcasters would end a show? Let's get out of here and yeah. I don't know. What about wrapping the puppy up? Let's put a ribbon on it. <laughs> All right, mate. Keep in touch with yourself. Yep. Go to bed with the mirror, dude. <laughs> See you guys. Ta-da. Next week. Fact. Two weeks.